gentlemen, welcome to episode 10. We did it. Of, uh, of Eastern Conference Confidential. Your, uh, your first and best place to get uh, all the news uh, about the Eastern Conference of USL. We're part of the Beautiful Game Network, uh, and we are, we're terribly excited to make it to 10 episodes. The only problem is that uh, we decided to record this super late on Thursday, and uh, we are doherty so it's just uh, it's just me and Ryan. Um, how's Hello. it going? Pretty good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. Um, and man, what a what a uh, day to miss a podcast for 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 Brendan. I was going to ask him all about this whole Capella thing, uh, and now I can't. So I'll just uh, yeah. you know, we'll figure it out. That being said, I guess I guess that's the first thing we'll talk about, given that it's the biggest slash craziest news that happened this this uh, week. Yeah, it was strange. It was strange. So, a little background. Um, Harrisburg City Islanders decided to announce a player signing in the produce section of a supermarket, um, which is City Islanders-esque. Very City Islanders. This whole thing is very City Islanders-y. Um, and, uh, and during... They took the video down, so I didn't have time to watch the, the, the uh, event, as it were, in full. But... Uh, the gentleman that was talking about how he was excited, Travis Brent is who they said today. Uh, and, and he was talking about how he was excited and then leaked that Capelli apparently has bought city Islanders from, or, uh, due to the absence of Eric Pettis. Uh, this is insane. Capelli, uh, earlier in the year was announced as the kit sponsor and, uh, stadium sponsor for the Rochester rhinos. And now they own an entire franchise in Harrisburg. Uh, I know earlier in the year they said they wanted to be aggressive in USL, and this is pretty aggressive. I don't know what your thoughts on it are, but that's uh, the rundown, as it were. Well, if it was a misfire from the Rochester uniforms, maybe they just wanted to do over and chose Harrisburg as an easy target. Yeah. It doesn't get a whole lot worse than R2-D2, so... Yeah, that was... You know, it's it's, it's it's on the look up. Uh, Ryan, you're intimately familiar with with the Capelli ownership group. Uh, I, do do you want to talk about it yet, or is it still a little a little fresh? Yeah, it's still a little fresh. It seems <clears throat> strange that they would want to exit the U.S. I've said this multiple times that they wanted to exit Wilmington and still want to be a part of the U.S.L. when Wilmington was already in the U.S.L. They didn't need to buy their way into other clubs and. Wilmington was continually outdrawing Harrisburg in attendance and actually played in a soccer, not soccer specific, but better suited for soccer stadium than mm. Harrisburg playing in two baseball stadiums for their season. So, I mean, the team took control of the club in 2014, or Capella took control of the Hammerheads in 2014, and three years later we have dropped into the PDL, so it wouldn't surprise me if Harrisburg suffered the same route. Capella didn't communicate with um, the fans on what their plans were for this year. So if Harrisburg has any more communication than what Wilmington had, that is definitely a step in the right direction for that fan base. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and I guess uh, to be fair to Harrisburg, they are only playing in one stadium um, this year. They're at F&B, which is on the City Island itself. And uh, apparently they're back to City Islanders now. I don't know the whole story. With that, mostly because the league never really acknowledged their name and uh, and logo change, but everything 
at least on City Islanders Twitter and, and in namesake points to them being the City Islanders again and not a City Islanders FC, which is uh, better. Um, that being said, uh, they did make a bunch of moves this week. Uh, I guess we'll start kind of... Well, you know, no, it'll make more sense. Uh, Travis Brent, who was the guy in the, in the, in the leak video... Uh, First season in the USL, he played over in the Netherlands um, for uh, Heracles Almelo, Eredivisie team, um, and then played for uh, Almere City in the Netherlands as well. Uh, Ten appearances for them, 715 minutes, not a whole lot of time. Did go to Marshall University in uh, Ohio. Uh, 64 starts, 67 appearances, Conference USA, all-conference third team in his senior year. He's 25. Um... They made another move that we'll talk about that's pretty good for their back line, but they, uh, Harrisburg seems to be in a spending mood, and they're they're spending well, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, if Capelli said they wanted to be aggressive in the league, I get as spending is definitely one of the ways to uh, build a good side. Wink, wink, FC Cincinnati. Hey. <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay as well. Um which I, I don't want to... Fine, we'll do it. Uh, this is out of order. Tampa Bay Rowdy signed uh, the next Joe Cole. If you're in the Defenders, is this your Joe Cole for USL? Maybe? I, I guess. Uh, what do we got? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Marcel Mar- Schaefer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcel Schaefer. Um, played for, uh, for a little club called Wolfsburg in Germany. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of them before. Uh, 10 years with Wolfsburg, set the club record for most appearances by an outfield player, which is everybody that's not a goalie, in case we're wondering. 256. Uh, 13 goals, 39 assists for a, a fullback, I believe. Correct. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, a, a huge signing. Um, I Again, he's not going to have an immediate impact in terms of production for goals as Joe Cole, but, you know you can't beat Tampa Bay if you can't score against them. And, and this uh, Schaefer coming in is, is a big uh, testament to, to Tampa Bay wanting to be a club that tries to make people score on them. Yeah, and Schaefer played in all matches that he appeared in with, with Wolfsburg when they actually won the Bundesliga in 08-09 and finished ahead of Bayern Munich and played on the national team in 2008 for Germany, so this is definitely a high-profile move and could easily put him into the top five, maybe even top three of highest-profile players in the league. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I, I think, if I was a, a Rowdy fan, uh, which is ironic because we were supposed to have Matt on the night, but the only thing that, that I would be hung up on is, you know, the, the USL, I think at least maybe in circles of... of of people that follow the league closely and, and, uh, and know what they're talking about. So not me. Uh, but, um, you know, can he still run? Can he keep up with these pacey Jamaican guys or, you know, just even the pacier American guys like, uh, I don't know, maybe like a Romario Williams or something. Um, cause that's the only thing like, yeah, he's, he's going to be crafty enough to play at a high level for the rowdies. He's going to be able to, to pass the ball um, I would just be a little worried about his stamina at this point, being you know 32 and trying to transition from you know the Bundesliga to to USL. Yeah, definitely stamina would be one of those concerns for the team. But 
again, a stalwart defense if they can't get by on one-on-one -on -one tackle. It's like, it'll be difficult to score on the routes with you, especially with this experience in the back line. Yep. Uh, oh, man, I'm all over the place. All right, uh, we're going to go back to Harrisburg. Uh, Friday of, of last week, uh, so we're recording this Thursday. It would have been the, uh, what is that, the 24th of, of February. Correct. Uh, City Islanders signed Chris Hill, who was, was with them uh, last year. Uh, two years at Nova, uh, Villanova, sorry, I can't just say the, the abbreviation. Um, three goals, five assists, and more than 50 appearances for a, a, a defender is pretty good. Uh, he's a known quality to them and, and um, has been in, in Italy and Germany this offseason. And I, I think he'll pair up well with uh, Travis Brent. I think that's kind of their – I think that that's going to be their center back pairing if those guys both play center. Um, I know they're going to play the back line together. Um, again, like Harrisburg making a bunch of moves that I think makes them kind of sneakily a contender. Like this seems like the best team that they've had for, for a while. Yeah, Harrisburg could sneakily get into the eighth seed of the playoffs and maybe compete for seventh. They're definitely changed in the past week or so from being towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference yeah. to a near bubble team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other, the third big signing for for them is is Jonathan Mendoza, uh, USL guy for I guess this will be his fourth year in the in the league circuit. Um, played for Orlando City back when they were in the USL Cup, which they uh, which they won in twenty thirteen, and then he won it again with Rochester in twenty fifteen. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, another big name for Harrisburg, a guy who's, who's done it all before, uh, you know, 29 appearances last year, two goals and one assist for OCB as they got into the playoffs. And, and, uh, yeah, I, you know, everything you said about the last two guys applies for Mendoza, except for with the departure of Jose Barrio for, um, Oklahoma city. I think he ended up with, they needed to find a guy at the, at the 10 who can feed Bobby Warshaw. And, and they definitely found a, uh, more than adequate replacement. Yeah, Mendoza with Orlando City and Rochester is a proven winner in the league. And yep. like I said, with Schaefer, he'll provide a amount of experience to the team that isn't found much anywhere else for a lot of other players. Yeah. Um, two more. There's a lot of a lot of. I I kind of like this. We we wait for a week and then we have a lot of people to talk about moving moving places. Um, I guess uh, we'll stick with the USL contracts first. Uh, Charlie Raymond signs for my, my Bethlehem Steel FC. Uh, a little weird. Uh, I, I think he'll be a great he'll be a great signing. Um, left back. I don't know how much time he gets behind Matt Real, who's a Union Academy guy, so they're probably going to favor him a little bit more over the Crew Academy guy in, in, in Raymond. Uh, did play for the University of Kentucky. Was really successful there. Um, at the same time, though, Raymond was also with Reading United, so he would uh, have he at least I, I would think I'll I'll find out on Saturday when I when I talk to him. But uh, he at least knows who who Brendan is. I think they might have crossed paths in Reading, or, or maybe Stephen Hogan, one of the assistant coaches of Bethlehem, but uh, was always in in the top uh, ten or fifteen for assists in the NCAA when he played for Kentucky and. You know, one of the things about Bethlehem last year was that it's, uh, you know, we're not getting enough service into the box and, and all that, and that's a guy that can definitely uh, 
provide that. Um, yeah, so so quality signing again. I think they go with Matt Real instead of Raymond at the the starting position, but it never hurts to have depth in USL for sure, especially with all the moving pieces. Of course. Um, and then finally, uh, in terms of uh, MLS affiliates sending guys or MLS teams sending guys down to their affiliate club. Uh, Atlanta United FC thought it would be a really fun idea to send uh, Romario Williams and Jeffrey Oto O2 O2 down to Charleston Battery. Um, yeah, I don't need to say a whole lot about Romario Williams because everyone knows what he did last year. Uh, and then um, O2 is one of their, their young guys. Uh Nigerian U23, Rangers FC. Um, they're going to be really fun to watch until they play your team, and then they're going to make you look terrible. Yeah, I mean, if any look through Atlanta United's depth chart, it was completely stacked with players, and we knew there was going to be someone that had to be pushed over to Charleston for a loan, and these guys did get a lot of playing time during the Carolina Challenge Cup up during this past weekend or past week, actually. So both have experience with Charleston at, at a loan deal last year, especially Romario Williams and his scoring threats. So I think this helps breed continuity within the affiliation deal between these two clubs. And if mm. one of these guys improves or, or impresses this year or Atlanta United suffers injuries, they could easily be called up into the MLS anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, I don't... I didn't really have high hopes. I actually kind of forgot he was there just with the amount of noise that Lana was making elsewhere in, in terms of signing an MLS. Uh, I, I didn't really have high hopes for, for Williams to get off the bench a whole lot in Atlanta, maybe for like open cup games or if they play like a Wednesday, Saturday or a Wednesday, Sunday kind of thing, maybe. Um, that being said, I, uh, I kind of wish that he would have stayed up in MLS cause he's a, Hell of a player. A uh, lot of pace, clinical finish, 10, 10 goals and 27 uh, for, for Charleston last year. Um, and just like the other guys that Charleston has on their team, uh, O'Brien Woodbine, Quentin Griffith, Forrest Lasso, uh, Neville Hackshaw, Portillo, Chang. Taylor Mueller. Yeah, uh, Charleston is going to be in a playoff spot, and like I think they're really going to challenge to uh, to wrestle that old guard shield away from um well you know pittsburgh's gonna hold it but i i they're in a good spot Mm -hmm. to win it yeah i mean charleston's been arguably the most consistent club in the eastern conference throughout their entire history Mm -hmm. past six years i believe they've made the playoffs continuously in the modern usl history and have always been that one team in contention to host playoff games and make the semifinals like they did last year when they knocked off Cincinnati on the road in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned the Carolina Challenge Cup. Uh, I was not there. I'm, I'm tied down to the state of Pennsylvania a little bit too hard. But, uh, yeah, care, care to talk about it? Of course, I was unfortunately not there as well. I watched all the matches online or through streaming. But... It was the annual cup that Charleston holds every year. 
Our contestant this year from Charleston is the host. They brought in Seattle Sounders as MLS Cup champions, Columbus Crew SC, and their MLS affiliate, Atlanta United, with this year Columbus Crew winning the tournament with um, two wins and a draw, and that one draw came to Charleston. And, in fact, the battery finished third above MLS Cup champs. So the crew, this was their second chance winning the Challenge Cup, and it really impressed with the battery and and just their affiliation deal with Atlanta United. There was a competitive mm-hmm. match on that final day. It was a 2-1 victory for Atlanta that actually had a 90th-minute winner for Atlanta to actually take the victory there. Yeah, uh, I know, uh, I think, you know, last year would have been the, the first year I was made super aware of that cup happening. Just, you know, I didn't come in the USL until last year. Uh Charleston always plays really well in that tournament for whatever. I don't know if it's because they host it or, or what. Um, I I, I, uh, I would think that the Seattle team that came down was more of a Seattle Sounders 2 than anything else. Um, just because, you know, the, the Sounders aren't going to risk Clint Dempsey and, and, you know, a bunch of their, their big MLS, you know, starting 11 guys coming down. Um that being said, you know, Charleston finishing ahead of them is still something they can point to at, at the uh, end of the preseason, a little momentum booster. Um, and then yeah. I, I was impressed that you didn't humble brag about the crew winning. <laughs> yeah, it was their second victory, and they actually won the first one when it was held back in 2004. See, I actually did bring Jordan Morris and Clint Dempsey down hey, to Charleston, that. and they got minutes. It, it was more just usual preseason soccer played yeah. halves instead of full games this is why people think i don't know anything um anyway <laughs> what else we got here uh that should be a fun one this is i guess everyone's like kind of dream matchup between two teams that we might see in mls in a couple of years uh saturday the fourth uh fc cincinnati the Eastern Conference Club with a ton of money and a really good MLS bid is playing Sacramento Republic, which is the Western Coast Western Conference team with a lot of money, kind of, and a really good MLS bid. Um, in a friendly, this doesn't count for anything except for bragging rights. Um, Alan Coke coming back to, to play Sacramento, who, uh, you know, he's he's – Seen them a bunch as the coach of Vancouver Whitecaps too, and and then you know just two strong teams in USL that wouldn't face each other uh, if it wasn't in a Cup final. Yeah, I mean, I at the start of the playoffs last year, that the Sacramento Cincinnati had to be the league's dream matchup, especially mm-hmm. if it was going to be in Cincinnati or Sacramento. It's the league, the league's leaders and attendance records on both sides of the country, and least two of the flagship franchises of the league itself so it should definitely be a really fun match to watch yeah uh I, uh again i don't know i would assume someone's gonna stream that somewhere probably maybe youtube um cincinnati is usually pretty good about getting their content out um in in some capacity um i'm well, no, it'll be. It should be late enough in the day there that I that I'll be able to watch that. I was gonna say Bethlehem plays uh, Temple on Saturday afternoon, um, so I'll be at that one. 
which is actually the first preseason game that I'm getting to, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely try to watch that um, that night or that afternoon. Uh, just because I'm really interested to see how FC Cincinnati stacks up uh, for our purposes here and then just kind of my purposes in general at the Eastern Conference. And then uh, it's always nice seeing Sacramento Republic play. Yeah, Sacramento Republic is one of the best streams in the league, and it will be interesting to see how Cincinnati matches up after. Or I don't want to say disappointing, but not as it was, impressive though. as a draw in their preseason this year, especially with the departure or of head coach and so it'll be interesting to see how they John Harks, that was who I was trying to think of. There you go. So it'll be interesting to see how they line up this year and Sacramento's a good measuring stick to see where they are in placement of the league. Republic had the number one seed last year in the Western Conference, I believe. Yeah. So definitely it's good to see how Sacramento can stack up against some of the other foes and really good clubs of the USL. Yeah, uh, and as much as, as Sacramento is a really good measuring stick for, for Cincinnati, I think the same can be said for Cincinnati to, to Sacramento. Um, not that I think the Republic are going to run into many clubs with the talent pool and depth of Cincinnati out in the West this year. Um, I think while the the West seems to be a little bit more tight in terms of the the best teams or the worst team. I think the good teams in the East really stand out. Um, whereas once you get outside, maybe, you know, uh, eight or nine in the East, you really see a drop off or, you know, last year, maybe even six or seven. Um, and even then you had Red Bull way in front of everybody else. Um, I, the, the other point that I saw get some traction today on 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 the internet um, was just about these these clubs spending all this money, um, especially Tampa Bay, and um, to a lesser extent, I guess Cincinnati even. Um, so this this talk about how clubs are spending within what they have, which is fine, but like you know the disparity between your your Cincy's and your um, Tampa Bay's and your even like Arizona United in the Western Conference. Sorry. Oh boy. Phoenix, Phoenix rising. rising in the Western Conference. There it is. Uh, I, I'm sorry, everybody. Sorry, Kyle. Sorry, Phoenix Rising staff. I love you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, just I, I guess just your initial thoughts. I don't really have anything terribly eloquent at this point about it, but I guess your initial thoughts on, on maybe. Uh, I don't know what people are equating to buying the league in USL. Yeah, I guess you could claim there are ways to buy the league. But, I mean, international soccer, if you look at the Premier League, there's huge disparity amongst the top six teams and what they spend compared to what Hull City or Sunderland would spend towards the bottom of the league. Mm -hmm. And I guess if I had to point to it's all kind of just fair if you have the money, spend it. If you can afford it, I mean, I'm... Of course, a lot of teams like to claim that they're built, not bought. Right. And that's one of the popular taglines for clubs that can't compete with these spending tactics. But even Cincinnati exiting the first round of the playoffs last year, or at least point to that you can't buy your way to a title. It still depends on what the mix of players you had. I mean, Red Bulls, too, are, are, were, was one of the best USL teams of all time, and that was 
the number two set for an MLS team. So it still proves that even though there is all this disparity, I still think there is a ton of parity in the league to mm. keep it competitive regardless of spending tactics. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at it, a lot of the clubs that are spending big are the ones that have aspirations elsewhere in American soccer, maybe. Um, that being said, I think you're right on. I, I think really what you're seeing is a lot of the spending or the, the pay-to-win kind of thing is coming from, as far as the East is concerned, two teams. And even then, they got bested by a team in, in Red Bull 2 that legitimately is built. Um, they go through the academy, and then they, they bring guys up, and they strip it for parts every year, and then they build through the academy again. Uh, I, I think there's there's more teams in the league itself that are built, not bought, but I think the ones that are bought are doing it um, to maybe make their bids more attractive for MLS. Um because if, if you're looking at it from a, 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 a St. Petersburg, you know, councilman kind of stance for, for Tampa Bay, you go, oh, as a Division Two team, you were able to get a guy that's a, a big name in Germany. Um, I wonder what would happen if you made it to that next level. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting. And again, I'd, I'd have to look into it a little bit more in terms of... Uh, well, and the, and the other tricky thing, if you try to research it, the amount of information about who's making what kind of money is non-existent for USL. Um, yeah. So it's it's interesting when you hear people talking about these teams throwing their money around because really, yeah, it, it's probably more to bring in a guy who's won a Bundesliga title before, but we don't know, you know, how they're making that money and, and all that fun stuff, so... And I can see both sides of the coin here for your point. I mean, MLS aspirations are definitely one reasons to one of the reasons to spend a lot of money, but I also believe and regardless of results, if you have the support for an MLS team, if you have undying and just unwavering support to bring a club, like St. Louis has one of the best supporting groups in the league, especially considering they didn't even make the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Or so both sides, you could obviously buy a successful team, but you could also support another team in the USL and still reach MLS aspirations. Yeah. And I guess another question to bring up, since the MLS has it and USL is very close to the MLS, could, as the league continues to grow, do you think we could ever see an instance of a salary cap? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know if it'll ever be a hard cap. I think what you'll see or, well, maybe not what you'll see, because I don't know if they'll ever release it, but what will end up happening is all of the MLS affiliate clubs are going to spend about the same amount of money. Sorry, not the... Mm. The MLS-owned clubs. There's a difference. Um, I talked about that earlier on Twitter. But the MLS-owned clubs, the ones where literally they're on the payroll of an MLS team, so like your Bethlehems for your for your unions, or your Swope Parks for your Kansas City, or your Red Bull 2 for your Red Bull, they're going to all kind of just by default spend the same amount of money. Because their goal is just to build academy kids up, bring them through, get them a professional contract, get them games at a professional level, and then send them off to MLS. Um, from there, I think the MLS affiliate clubs... 
depends how they do in terms of sales and what kind of interest they have. And then the independence is the same, but it's not as restrictive on who they can sign because at least if you're an affiliate team, you automatically know, hey, if we need a striker this week or we need a midfielder next week, we can, you know, phone up Big Brother and we'll get one. Yeah, so it'll be an interesting contrast. If, as, I mean, it, oh, it'll have to be something to look into for this upcoming season to see how well an affiliated club would do against, or as opposed to being an independent club. I know MLS relations will be different, and it all just depends on what type of relationship an affiliate club would have with their MLS big brother. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we always talk about the dichotomy or at least everyone that we've had on throughout our 10 episodes now um we've always talked about you know what does success mean for you guys and and the the dichotomy between affiliates and independents and even you know affiliates and own teams and and all that stuff and it's one of those things where i think everyone's still trying to figure it out as it happens um and there's not really a right answer yet either I i think you can poll 20 or 30 people and maybe you'll see prevalent ideas uh, but I don't think anyone's going to look at it the same way, which is uh, really, really interesting. Yeah, especially as the MLS affiliation relationship continues to grow. Yep. And teams start to figure out what works more. We may start seeing a more of an RGV, Reno 1868 deal of hybrid affiliations as opposed to teams starting to field their own clubs or at least not field them in half-empty Red Bull Arena stadiums. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I, we, we flew through it, if I'm being honest. The good news is we set the, before we went on, we set the over-under at 25, and we've hit 30. <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, Ryan, do you have any, do you got anything else, any parting gifts for the for the folks not much else great um so louisville city fans he's not here so i'm gonna do it for him because i know how to spell his last name louisville city fans if you're very mad at brendan for being a rochester rhino fan and thinking that you guys are like the scum of the earth i don't think you're that i think you're fine um find him on twitter he's usually here he's usually like the quiet kind of one that you can hear anyway uh, at Doherty Soccer is him. Uh, we, as a podcast, are at ECC Pod. We have an email address that if you want to send us things, feel free. Um, you'd be the first. No pressure. Uh, it's eccmailbag at gmail.com. Uh, Ryan, where are people at and, and what's the area code for the, the Wilmington Airport? For Twitter, you guys can find me at ILM underscore Ryan, and ILM's obviously the airport abbreviation code uh, for the Wilmington Airport. You can never be so sure of, you know, like, assumptions are, are a really easy way to make an ass out of you and me. I've heard that saying um, before. Yeah, exactly. That was a, I, I made it, I didn't make it. Uh, <laughs> that being said, uh, feel free to check out, like, all the podcasts on our network. We've We've added two since the last time we've recorded. I think we added one the day of. Uh, and then another one the day after, and, like, we're still working on it. Um, 
I'm really excited. This is this is awesome. So it's uh, it's us. It's unused subs. It's St. Louis Soccer Report. It's Mongols. It's the three PL. And there's a there's a Pittsburgh College Soccer one in there as well that I don't remember the name because I'm a terrible terrible affiliate. That is all <laughs> all under one banner. You can listen to everybody at the same time or individually or listen to 10 minutes of one and then 10 minutes of the other so you get confused um bgn.fm and like you can play the podcast from there we're also on itunes and stitcher too if that's easier for you guys that being said i'll stop rambling follow me on twitter at valella it's views and victor i-l-l-e-l-l-a-b-s-f-c feel free to tweet me about how much i i, I suck at this mm-hmm. um other than that, until next week, it's been a, it's been a wonderful but short episode 10, and uh, we will talk to you guys for episode 11. Um, other than that, until next week, it's been, a, it's been a wonderful but short episode 10, and uh, we will talk to you guys for episode 11.